I'm RJ Bell with the Sports Betting Headlines for Tuesday. 49ers win, and they cover as an underdog, but they still are big underdogs to make the playoffs. 34% chance for the 49ers. Rams still the third favorite to win the Super Bowl. Big Ben, questionable, and the Chargers now, the line, they're up to a six-point favorite with those questions, hosting the Steelers. College Football Playoff Committee announces after the show the three favorites to win it all, Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, the usual suspects. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. This is Straight out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. You heard it. I'm R.J. live in Las Vegas, live on a Tuesday, live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. It's the day after Monday Night Football, and it's one of those extra treats. A lot of people don't like the college playoff committee. I think it's beautiful because... It gives us some insight, maybe, into what they're doing. But, man, it's fun conversation. And it's fun exposing the hypocrisy of the committee. Because, like I say every year, they're not looking to give any criteria that we can look at. You know why? Because they want to do whatever they want, whenever they want to do it. And you kind of got to respect it, but kind of wish you could stop it. (laughs) It's kind of my conundrum. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. He's the fan who beats the man, A.J. Hoffman. Thank you, R.J. Great to be here on a Tuesday where the Rams stumble once again, this time on Monday Night Football. Big Ben's status for this weekend is in doubt, and we prepare for the next batch of college football playoff rankings. What is the Vegas lead today, R.J.? Well, let's look at Vegas lead as Monday Night Football, but specifically, how good are the 49ers? What are their prospects? And also, what are the Rams' prospects? When you lose two in a row and you're getting a lot of hype, it's time to discuss. 49ers get the win at home 31-10. to 10. They move to 4-5. and five. The Rams drop to 7-3. and three. So, I test-wise, what was your main takeaway from the game? that the Rams offense was dreadful. They never got into a rhythm. The 49ers, I, I, it's hard for me to say exactly what they did defensively to make it tough on the Rams, but Matt Stafford was just out of rhythm all game. You know what I find interesting is cousin Kyle, that's Mackenzie Rivers, first cousin Kyle Shanahan. You know, when I asked Mackenzie before the show, what do you think the lead is? He usually goes like this and tell me if this is true. Um, hmm, mm, uh, um, uh, hmm, hmm, hmm. And then he <laughs> yes. starts talking. Does that sound right? There's, const- there's consternation. But no, well, does that, I'm not does, sure. That's not an exaggeration, is it? No, it's not. Okay. Today, he sounded like the most articulate man on earth. He goes, 49ers win, <laughs> they cover, 
And I mean, did you see how there was no mumbling and no stutters? <laughs> he was all over it today. Oh my gosh, he knew it. He knew it. So let's go to him. Is what was your biggest takeaway? Very similar to AJ. I thought it was about the rhythm that the 49ers were able to establish and the one that Rams were not. And I, there's an argument about time of possession. I know a lot of analytics guys say it doesn't matter in the long run. But when you have the ball 40 minutes, it seems no coincidence that you, your quarterback and your offense was in rhythm and the Rams were not. Well, I don't think anyone believes that uh, if you have a disproportionate by an extreme amount of time playing defense – you know, friend of the show, Mike Lombardi, makes the point the best defense is one that doesn't play very much. And I think that you can debate, hey, does uh, 28 minutes versus 32 really matter? And I think it does. But, boy, if it's 40, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean I, I'm just doing some simple math here. That means the defense is playing double as much for the other team. I've got the calculator, and that is correct. <laughs> so I can't imagine if you're doing a double shift, you're not a little more tired at the end. Well, and obviously the the pick six, it could have been even more of a time of possession thing because those pick sixes, those are quick scores for the 49ers where the Rams defense didn't even have to get on the field. So 40 minutes may be almost a little bit deceiving that they controlled the ball even more so. So 34% chance for the 49ers to make the playoffs. So about one in three. With the with that seventh seed being so right now it's Carolina, right? Five and uh, five and five, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it feels like the 49ers should have a better. I mean, this is not giving them a ton of respect. And I guess the question is, how close are the 49ers to being the team we thought they were entering the year? We always talk about priors, right? At this point in the year, entering week 11, do we? How much do we count what we thought coming in? Because if we didn't, Kansas City is not even close to the fourth or fifth best team that the Super Bowl odds have them. The only way you can make the case Kansas City's that good is if you say, coming in the year, we thought they were the best. Now we've seen this year, and it's been disappointing, but we still got 20, 30% of our number, our power rating is going to be based upon the preseason expectations. Then you can make the case of Kansas City being fourth or fifth or sixth. San Fran was the favorite to win the NFC West, the favorite over the Rams, over Seattle, over Arizona. And now a slow start, a lot of excuses about injuries, which seem to be the case every year with this team. How much do we, AJ, believe, how much do you believe in that the 49ers, that their truth is that they're the best team in the West? I, I would say about 10%, I believe they're the best team in the West. I, I, I think the truth is they are not better than – I think the Cardinals, certainly, the Cardinals dominated. It's hard to say they're not better than the Rams because they just handled them, but the Rams have been the, the better team this year. So you think the 49ers are better than the Rams? No, I don't think the 49ers – What would your line be if this game were played next week? No, I, I, would, I would take the – I would think the Rams on an, on, in San Francisco, would pr it probably would be three – Okay, so you don't think that the Rams are inferior if they're laying points on the road? No, I do not think the Rams are inferior. That's what I'm saying. I, I, it's hard for me to say the Rams aren't better still, despite the result of this. So I, I still think the 49ers are the third best team in the NFC West, where they sit in the standings. And I do think that's an important point, 
I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas, which is how much of this win is the 49ers scheme advantage seemingly against the Rams. So McKenzie coming into the game, or you can roll in last night, however you want to do it. The Shanahan matchup against the Rams and McVay. How's that gone? We know it's gone in favor of the 49ers. Yep. Six and three straight up in ATS in their careers. 5-0 and oh, straight up in ATS the last five. What's interesting, it's been the defense much more than the offense. About 10 points of ATS margin in these last five matchups. 2.5 points for the offense versus expectations. 7.5 points of that margin has been the Rams, or, I'm sorry, the 49ers defense against the Rams. Okay, so my thinking is that makes some sense because McVay's running a variation of the Shanahan offense. And if anyone has insight into that, it's going to be Mike Shannon, or I'm sorry, Kyle, cousin Kyle, uh, and Mike, right? But um, Uncle Mike. In attendance. Yeah. So <laughs> there you go. So he didn't come to Vegas to watch the game with you? No, he said next time. We'll catch me. <laughs> he says he wants to see your apartment. <laughs> From a distance. <laughs> That's McKenzie having a good day today with this win. We're straight out of Vegas. So. Have we done a study? I don't think we have on how Shanahan does against other Shanahan system runners, specifically the, yeah, the defense against them. Maybe we should look to see if this extends. Right? Yeah, I would think that'd be an interesting thing to find out because clearly he's got an edge over McVay, and there's something to that. I, I But again, we saw Sean McVay have a great advantage over uh, Kingsbury lead before this year and then this year that trend broke so well listen I, one game doesn't I mean one game might break a trend in a way if it's a perfect trend but it doesn't mean that that it invalidates it right I mean if no, the Rams would have won this game would we say five and ones not does it count for the 49ers no, we would not have I mean it's so, always the balance though right is how much do you look at the newest information because what I know is this you know what the squares do. You know what Freddie Fanny Pack does, right? The guy that has the Fanny Pack down on Fremont Street, and he loves to get those deep-fried Twinkies, and he walks with them on a stick, right? That guy, he is overreacting to everything. We know that as a better. So we can't do that because then if we do, we're going to think like him. And I think in general, if you can avoid thinking like Freddie Fanny Pack or the duct tape shoe guys— I haven't talked about the duct tape shoe guys for a while. Not in a while. There's the guys that used to be sharp. They used to win money, so they bought new leather shoes. And then as the last, ooh, I don't know, 15 years have gone by and the game's changed, they haven't been able to buy new shoes, so they put duct tape on them. <laughs> I, mean, it ha- I mean, you ever see in Vegas, you see that. Like dudes who are like 70, they wear a suit, but they got the suit from Goodwill. <laughs> I, it, it's a it's an old school gambling thing. I, I knew a guy back in Ohio like that. We're straight out of Vegas. His name was Skeeter. He was like 80, and I was like you know 25. And he used to play five card stud in, in Dealer's Choice. <laughs> When's the last time you played five card stud, AJ? I, but maybe when I was like seven years old. But you know what the funny thing is? If you're in a loose game, five studs a great game because once you're behind, it's almost impossible to catch up. It's hard. So it's one of those, like, aces or kings or your fold does so much better than hold them. Or, or, you know, so he was a conservative player. 
And then whenever the seventh, the seventh or the fifth card was coming out, he'd always go, hold that line. Hold that line. <laughs> you knew he was ahead. That's all you knew. You knew he was ahead. Okay. Let's so, RJ, okay, RJ. I, I wanted to ask you one more question about this game with, with the Rams. Obviously, the Rams still third favorites to win the Super Bowl. They've beat one team this year with a better than 40% chance of making the playoffs. Are we maybe crowning the Rams too quickly based on one real data point, that win against the Bucks back in week three? Because the rest of their wins have come against really kind of the, the bottom teams in the league. First off, I've been doing this since I was 14 years old. I've never heard someone use the faultless stat of people with a better than 40% chance to make the playoffs as some bellwether. What, how did you – I mean, you just reversed engineered that number so it sounded as bad as possible for the Rams, right? Well, I've just got – I've got the list of the – I've got their oh, schedule. I know, but you went down and, and I'm betting the Rams won against like someone 38%. Uh, the Rams, their their second best win is against the Colts, who are at 40% chance to make exactly. the playoffs. Exactly. So you reverse engineered it to sound horrible for the Rams. The I Colts, mean, I could have said with with lower than 50%, but it, I mean, it's... But then it would have been... Too, but, but, but they wouldn't have sounded as bad. Well, right? but the truth is, it is this bad. It you is brought 40%. it as low as possible. Okay. I did. So let's look at the wins, right? Run down the wins for me. Tampa Bay. Nice. Uh, Colts. Nice. the 40%. Bears. Okay. Seahawks. Giants. Listen, listen, listen. Let's not act like the Seahawks when Russell wasn't hurt. If I, am I correct on that? Yeah, it was Russell wasn't hurt. So, because they played against the Steelers. And it was the game that he got hurt. It, well, yeah, they were the ones who hurt him. Okay. And how, and how far into the game was that? It was the beginning of the third quarter. Okay. All right. All right. How much they win by? Nine. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. Giants, uh-huh. Lions, Texans. Oh, okay. And the losses? Tennessee? Tennessee, San Francisco, and Arizona. Well, you can't complain about any of those losses. I mean, in a weird way, they've, you know, it seems like they've kind of gone three and three against the good teams, right? Their three wins and their three losses, you know, against the team, you know, counting Seattle. I don't know who who has a I mean other than Tennessee who has a bunch of wins against elite teams. I mean, this is such a year of parody. Yeah, no, I you mean, make a good point. We, we talked about it uh, yesterday. I mean, there's the weird thing is maybe Kansas City has the best streak, even though they've been horrible in a way, because at least they haven't lost the last two games, right? I mean. Tennessee is the only other team. And again, I really think we should be looking at Tennessee for the AFC. I really do. Because I think they get that number one seed, and I think they are in a prime position to do that. Huh. I and mean, if they get Derrick Henry back late in the year, which is a, a real possibility, then they've got the number one seed and they're, they're getting their, their bell cow back. And as much as everyone's saying, oh, the offense hasn't played well in these two wins, if you actually look at Tannehill's EPA, it's, it's pretty darn good. I mean, so let's do this. Let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll take a look a little more at the Rams and Stafford specifically. And then let's dig into some numbers. Who is overrated? Who's underrated? I'm going to tease you about one extra thing here. The team who has been the best the last five weeks on offense – you will not have any chance of guessing till I tell you.
All that and more coming up next. He's R.J. Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words, then the heavens gonna fall. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. In just a minute, we're going to take a look at... The team in the league that RJ says will shock you when you find out who the best team is offensively over the last five weeks. Yeah, this is a shocker and a half. You're going to have to wait a minute or so. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. Thank you so much personally for me for the support. And personally for me, I'll tell you, we're going to try our very best to keep delivering winners. Oh, the winners lately. Oh, four and one. Four and one on the Super Contest. Fourth straight winning week, AJ. Congratulations. I, I mean, you're, you're seeing it, the sausage made. I mean, if, I, I mean, I'm here. I can smell it when it's made. If you want to write, if you want to write a book about it, just as long as I get rights to veto without any parts of it, you can do it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you can listen on 225 stations coast to coast. And if you don't know your station, just go to foxsportsradio.com. You can look it up, or you can listen to it streaming right there, here in Vegas, on the Strip. Mackenzie, what's our temperature? 76 degrees. It's 76. Remember, we were Declaration of Independence, 1776, AJ. I remember. I remember like it was yesterday. Red, white, and blue. That's right. All right, RJ, let's take a look at Matt Stafford and really interesting the way his his season has gone. Started out house of fire, things have cooled off, but overall the picture still looks pretty for Stafford. Well, this is all about how you split up the season, right? So a lot of guys, and I probably fall on this category, they say don't split it. That 16 games, 17 games isn't enough. So if you start to say home and away, early season, mid-season, late season, then you're starting to be, what, groups of five games, groups of, you know, it's not enough. I mean, baseball, 162, regular season, basketball, NBA, 82, 17 now. But sometimes there's a reason, a very evident, prevalent reason to split the season. And maybe we have that with Stafford. He started out hot as hot can be, the best quarterback in the NFL. First three games of the season, Stafford with the Rams this year, his QBR, which is a one to a hundred, 80, it led the league. And he was a night, he had a nice lead. Okay. Now he still leads the league. Well, wait a minute. He must be the best quarterback or close to it. In QBR, he's the best. But if you look at his last seven games, his QBR is 56. Now, that is commensurate with 14th place. So if the first three games didn't happen, he'd be in 14th place, Stafford, QBR. But the first three games did happen, and he's still holding on to first. Yeah, he'd be right there between Kirk Cousins and Matt Ryan. Well, that doesn't sound so bad. Was that yeah. was that trying to make him sound bad? Uh, it's bad if you're the guy who people are talking about as a league MVP. Well, Cousins. See, the funny thing is, 
It's so interesting. So Cousins is 13th? Cousin, well, the, the numbers now, uh, after last night, Garoppolo actually moved up to 11th. So right now, his number would put him at 13th. Okay, and, and where is Cousins? C- Cousins is 12, Matt Ryan's 13. Okay, because, I mean, Cousins, by all accounts, is having the best year of his career. And that's interesting. Check out uh, – that's wild. We've talked about it because Kirk Cousins' PFF grade is much higher than his QBR. Yeah. Take a look at it. That's interesting. Let's get Stafford's PFF, and let's get – I'm just interested in Cousins. And then we can segue. So, I guess last thing on the Rams, and then we'll talk about that amazing offense. But where do you put – if you were getting a draft, if you were drafting Super Bowl teams, what's your first pick? What's your second pick? What's your third pick right now? Whew. Uh, first pick would probably be Tampa. Okay, probably Tampa. Number first two. pick will be first pick will be Tampa. Second pick will be Buffalo. Buffalo, the best team ever. How how is it that the best team ever in your mind, AJ, is going second? Uh, they're not well because they're not they're not the best team ever. But I do think in the in the weekend AFC they've got a better shot than some of these other teams do. But that brings up an interesting point. You must think Tampa is much 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 better. Than Buffalo, all joking aside, because with I, Buffalo's road to the Super Bowl being so much easier, it would seem, than for you not to pick them first really says something. Yes. Okay, so you love Tampa. I do like Tampa. So, well, you love them. You love them better than anyone I, else. I love them more than I love the Bills, who you think well, I love the most. more than anyone. Yes. Okay, that's love. Okay. You, you love your wife the most, right? Yeah, but with these football teams, my love is fleeting, RJ. <laughs> That is true. That's AJ. I'm RJ. We're straight out of Vegas. Okay. And who's third? Packers. Yeah, I like that pick. So where's the Rams show up? I think they're probably either fourth or fifth. I I may like the Cowboys more than the Rams, but it's one of those two. Oh, my God. You like the Cowboys more than the Rams? Maybe so. I'm starting to come. I, I know the. I mean, the, the Cowboys have a, another. They're another team with a nice path to a one seed because their division is just so poor. There's, there's a lot of implied oh, wins. Oh, I don't them. agree with that. Okay. I mean, well, that's a good segue, actually. So, Ob. I guess my last thought is, how much do you see OBJ? Uh, Von Miller, how much do you see these additions, these all-win type additions, helping the Rams? I think that Von Miller is something, is someone who's going to be a big long-term help for them. I think OBJ is is minimal. I I don't think that. I mean, I certainly don't think he's better than Robert Woods was going to be. I think at but, but, worst, they're, I mean, they're, Woods is out for the season, right? Right, and I think they're a little bit worse without Robert Woods. But how much worse would they be without OBJ? I don't know. OBJ only played like a handful of snaps last night. He could hardly get on the field. Well, yeah, you don't learn an offense in in three days. There's a there's a reason they have training camp. No, that's true, right? But I mean, if anything, Woods' injury makes OBJ all the more important. It seems like if they if what we talked about yesterday, them wanting to go more three four wide, then yes. Well, no, even if they go three wide, right? Woods Woods was right there. Yes. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's about four wide. I think it's about running their base 11 offense. 
But they and, ran it without him last night is what, I, what I'm looking at. And you're right. He's only been with the team for a week. Maybe he shouldn't have been on the field yesterday. A week? How are you getting the, a week? He signed like on Thursday. Okay. Well, one uh, portion of a week then. Yeah, I mean, it's the three or four days. I mean, the fact he got on the field at all is a sign of something, I think. And, and again, you think you think he's going to be an impact guy? I think that he is. Well, who I don't even know who would be the third receiver with the Rams if it wasn't him. So, what's the guy's name? I don't. I don't know offhand. But I'm I mean, guess- I, Van Jefferson. No, that's right. their number two guy. I mean, last night he was. So who's the three? Without without OBJ, the fact we don't know is a sign that OBJ's better. Grant, <laughs> I, I agree with that. Uh, and, and, and I guess that's the ultimate point is he was a luxury to go maybe four wide with, you know, Woods healthy. Now it's like you want to run your base offense. If you could have, a, a, you know, the fourth receiver before OBJ came, you step up or, you know, the guy who maybe isn't worth 14 million He's not a top 10 receiver anymore. He might not be a top 50 receiver. But if he's the 51st best receiver, OBJ, he, to be the third receiver for a team is really good. Right? Because, I mean, just do 32 times three. Right? So, that would be 96. Yeah. So, I mean, According to the calculator. I mean, 64 is going to be the top two on each team. So, OBJ, if you got your, your third receiver as number 50, you're doing pretty well. And I think OBJ certainly is a top 50 receiver. Uh, well, look, the Rams' depth chart currently lists Ben Skoranek as their uh, number three receiver before OBJ. When he, that like, sounds like OBJ a diagnosis you'd get at the doctor's. Uh, yeah, so I, I think that OBJ is an upgrade over Ben Skoranek. I think so. I, I don't, I'm not sure I'd let Ben Skoranek, like, deliver pizza. I, I don't know him personally. <laughs> I'm just saying that name doesn't ring a bell. His picture here makes him look sort of trustworthy. Yeah, yeah. That, that'll be good when he starts selling insurance next year. All right, I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. Now, let's segue to the shocking team of shocking teams. And that is from the NFC East. Oh, that wouldn't have been my guess. The Philadelphia Eagles. Last five weeks, the best offense in the NFL by EPA and... It's, it's, it's shocking how well they're running the ball. And the funny thing is, if you look at the EPA, their numbers for Hertz are even better, meaning that his passing has been exceptional because they've been passing so little. And if you actually look at Hertz, and there was a pretty decent write-up in The Athletic with some of these numbers with his running. I was all over his passing but this running stuff is really impressive, is if you look at, and they're looking at the last three weeks here, first in EPA per drive, the Eagles. First in points per drive, the Eagles. First in touchdowns per drive, the Eagles. And, oh, by the way, second in points per game. Now, for seven weeks of the year, the Eagles passed the ball about 60% of the time, ran it about 40. Okay? Now they're actually running the ball 67% of the time and only passing 33. And that's next to last when it comes to frequency of passing. They're just running the ball 
shockingly well. And Hurts, as a runner, if you look at his numbers against, oh, let's say Lamar Jackson, okay, uh, yards per carry, Hurts has more, 6.5 versus 6.3. Success rate, which is by definition, do you gain enough yards to keep you on pace to get a first down? 50% is good. Uh, it's really good running because it's hard running. Hertz is 60% success rate, Lamar Jackson 52. So he's a better runner this year than Lamar Jackson, and the Eagles are the best running team in football and lately have been the best offense in football. Thoughts, AJ? That surprised me. I thought you were going to go to the New England Patriots, whose their offense has started clicking in the last several weeks. Yeah, see, that's the interesting thing is if you actually look, they clicked really well this week. But even against the Chargers, I mean, there was a lot, you know, a lot of points got put on the board, but not a super efficient offense. This is really the defense has been great for the Patriots. And I think, you know, especially lately and the O-line has finally gotten healthy or healthier and they played a great game. I think they're trending. You're right. But man, I mean, offensively, the Eagles are just in another universe right now compared to what expectations were of them what people think and what have we been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks well maybe four weeks is the wise guys have been betting philly with both hands and if you look at those line moves in fact let's do this we're going to take a look at because we track it which teams have gotten the most line moves to their favor who has been bet the most and let's say the last month or so, first though. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio, I'm A.J. Hoffman. He's the voice of Vegas, R.J. Bell. I tell you, you look at the NBA, and we're going to be ramping up the NBA uh, as the NFL season winds down, you know, so it's going to be a little while. But who's the two biggest young stars, right? Luca and Zion has to be yes. near the top of the list of the young, young. Both of them, it seems like being in shape is not necessarily on the agenda. <laughs> and it just, you got to wonder, you know, is as much as, I, you know, everyone seems to like Luca because he plays, like you can envision playing like, like if you ever play basketball and you're a normal athlete, you can envision playing like him, right? Where it's hard to envision playing like Giannis. So there's, I think a lot of people, and plus there's a kind of a Larry Bird feel to him a little bit. And people, it's old school, it's retro. But man, you come in where you're playing yourself into shape when you're in your early 20s. What's going to happen when you're in your 30s? Yeah. I mean, as much as I haven't been a LeBron lover, you got to give that guy credit for the shape he stayed in in his career. And Always in great shape. Yeah, and I mean, listen, he deserves credit for it. All right, we're straight out of Vegas Let's get those numbers real quick, AJ. Okay, first uh, I wanted to get you the numbers that you asked for earlier. Kirk Cousins second in PFF grade, Stafford 15th. Only Brady better than Cousins in PFF. Ooh, and generally the belief is that PFF is the leading indicator. That if you're playing well by their grades, the numbers will come. And, you know, we can all debate that or not, but I, I agree with that generally. The more I think about quarterback play, the more I think the best way to do it is to take QBR and PFF, average it, and you've got something. And 
it's going to be interesting. I think next week we'll do that and kind of run down the quarterbacks or maybe even tomorrow. So real quick, McKenzie, tell us who's been getting the action lately. Well, you discount the 49ers and the Chiefs benefiting from injury offsets. The most bet teams the last month of the season, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Minnesota Vikings, and the Carolina Panthers. Okay, now how much quantify how much of a line move there's been on the Eagles games? On average, the Eagles have been bet 1.2 points up each and every week the last four weeks. Compare that to the Vikings up one point on average from the world opener to the close. Now, if you go down and look at like the 16th team when it comes to being bet on or against, that's going to be right around even, right? Yes, the Washington football team, 0.0. Okay, so it makes sense, right? Half the teams are going to be bad one way, half the teams are going to be bad the other. But in the, in, as the games keep progressing, a lot of teams, most teams are going to be near zero. And the fact that they're moving a point a game is, is, is big. I mean, like it's, it's the leader. They've been bat more the Eagles than any team in the last month by the biggest, sharpest batters. We've been saying it for weeks, AJ. You didn't listen. It was, it was one of my four and one this week on the Super Contest, the Eagles. Well, I listen. I you're, the, what you're doing with the super contest is beyond my comprehension. So, I, <laughs> however, however you're pulling it out, I'm, I just keep doing it. Yeah, that might be the nicest thing you ever said to me. Let's uh, take listen, a break. I, 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 I'm gonna, I'm just gonna enjoy that moment. Bask. When we come back, couple things: college football playoff committee. We're gonna predict a few things, tell you what to look for, and either AJ or I will make our early best bet pick of the week. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. Let's take a look at the big unveiling tonight of the college football playoffs. And that'll come out right after our show today. There's no basketball to hold it up. So we'll find out here shortly who are the, the if there's a new four. I don't think there will be a new four, but who will be the five through nine, five through ten. How is that going to break down? OK, and let's be clear. The best place to be right now is listening to the Vegas Perspective before this happens, once our show's over, right? And, you know, if it was me, I'd just watch it on the ticker and keep listening to Fox Sports Radio. But that's me. Of course. Okay. Georgia, not going anywhere. Ohio State, the Buckeyes, one of the best teams in the country, (laughs) year in and year out. I happen to be an alum. Number two, or in that, you know, at least right now, they're the second favorite to make the playoffs. But they're four right now. Alabama ahead of them. Oregon ahead of them. Let's start with the following. Alabama to get into the playoffs is minus 130. They're favored. 130 wins you 100. Now consider something. This is a mind blower. Like you might want to pull over. <laughs> Alabama is... Right now, you can bet it is a three-point underdog against Georgia in the SEC championship game. Yes. You can bet it right now. All right, so if you're a plus-three dog, it means 
you're an underdog. So plus money in order to uh, for Alabama to win. So if they win, they're in. But you could bet them minus 130 to be in. Or you can bet them, and remember, they got other games to go they could lose, right? Or you can bet them to beat Georgia and get, what's their plus payout there? Plus 140. Plus 140. So you can play plus 140 in one game or minus 130 for multiple games, including that one game. Here's where it blows your mind. What these odds are telling us, shockingly, is that Alabama could get in with two losses, that they can lose to Georgia and get in. Because otherwise, how in the heck are they minus 130 in this market to make the playoffs and plus you know 140 in the game that they have to win to get in? At least that was the assumption. AJ, do you see any other reason these odds would be the it's, way they are? The only realistic expectation is they believe Alabama can get in even with a loss. That I'm offended by that, even people thinking it. <laughs> I mean, how could that be? If they let Alabama in after losing two games, and, and the assumption would be it'd be the championship game, right? Yeah, well, and they listen, they've got Arkansas, who's ranked in the top 25 this week, and then they've got their biggest rivalry game at Auburn uh, the week after that, the Iron Bowl. How are they? Can we bet that no one they're making the playoffs? Yes, plus 115. Oh, my gosh. All right, best bet. I'm having an epiphany best bet time here. <laughs> All right, best bet, best bet, R.J. Bell. This is a bonus. We're still going to give you A.J.'s. Best bet, Alabama to not make the playoffs, plus 115. My question to you, A.J., is I think they got to think if they beat or get beat by Auburn or Arkansas and they beat Georgia maybe. I don't think they can lose to Georgia and get in, could they? I don't think so, because then they would have to put Georgia against Alabama again and make it the same matchup. I don't think they would want to do that. All right, so here's the question. Is Cincinnati's odds, that I've been an advocate for, they were in the plus 450 range to make it. Now they're plus 250. Mm-hmm. How you feeling, AJ? Uh, I'm I'm feeling okay. I still think they they would really like to see Cincinnati not make it, and I I still think Cincinnati has a loss ahead on their schedule. All right, but assume Cincinnati wins out. What's the odds of them winning it? Oh, I'm sorry, getting into the playoffs. I, I would say it's it's almost it's almost a coin flip at that point if they win. All right. Out. So what's the scenario they don't get in? There's a Big uh, Ten team. Georgia's in. That's two. Go ahead. The, a Big 12 team is really kind of the only thing that's a, a possibility. And you a think one, there's a 50% a chance? That w- w- and what Big 12 team would it be? Uh, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State are the two one-loss Big 12 teams. I, I haven't, haven't you given up the Oklahoma? <laughs> You're asking me what's, what's, what's right and what's going to go through the committee's head. Well, listen, you got a bet right now. If Cincinnati wins out, who is higher ranked, Cincinnati with zero losses or Oklahoma with one? How are you feeling on that bet? I feel terrible about it, to be honest. Excellent. <laughs> Best bet time, AJ. All right, let's go with Nebraska, plus nine and a half at Wisconsin. Nebraska's been really bad at winning football games this year. They've been really good at keeping them close. They've got seven losses by an average of five and a half points per game. They haven't lost a game by double digits all season. That includes games against Oklahoma. 
Oklahoma, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State. Wisconsin's won six straight. Their offense is getting better. It's still not very good. Nebraska limits big plays, and with a total of 41.5, getting almost double digits here is too good to pass up on. Nebraska, plus 9.5, my best bet, at Wisconsin. Real quick, how much is Frost and him staying playing into this? Almost none. I don't think he's a very good coach. I think the reason he's staying is because they don't want to pay him. They don't want to pay him to leave. All right, let's do it. All right, guys. If you missed any of today's show, including the shocking stat that RJ had about who the best offense in the NFL has become over the last several weeks, you can check that all out at foxsportsradio.com. We're going to be back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time. We'll discuss the aftermath of these college football playoff rankings. I'm A.J. Hoffman. He's R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas!